go ahead and go to Second John tonight. Book of Second John, all the way towards the end of the year Bible. Second John. I got asked uh, about a specific question the other day. Uh, it was a little while back, and kind of wanted me to preach a message on it, and so I uh, figured I didn't want to answer the question right away. Thought let's do some study, look at what the Bible says, and then preach a message on it. And how many of you ever asked yourself the question, whenever somebody's facing a difficulty, maybe they're somebody they're asking for help, and you part of you wants to help, but you don't want to be an enabler. Have you ever heard of that? You know, and how do you know when you're being loving or you're being an enabler? Okay, how do we know when we're actually helping somebody or when we're just helping somebody sin? Okay, have you, have you, and Sometimes we do that. Sometimes maybe we end up helping too much and getting the person in deeper trouble. And so I was trying to think, you know, I mean, you know, how do you answer this biblically? Because, you know, every situation is different, okay? You know, while I'm preaching this message, all of you will probably have different situations in your mind where there's, you're thinking of a time or maybe even something going on right now when somebody has asked you for help. But you, and you wanted to help, but you were afraid maybe you were just going to end up getting them in more trouble. You're going to be an enabler. And so, you know, every situation is different. So, while I might be thinking of a scenario in my mind while I'm preaching, everybody else is going to have a different one that they're thinking about. And so, um, you know, what I want to try to do with this message is I want to teach a few principles from the Bible that I think should guide us when you're making your decision. Okay? So, um, this message, I don't think it's going to make the decision necessarily for who you should help in your situation. Because one, I don't know your situation. But hopefully, the line of thinking I'm talking about will help you decide whether you should or shouldn't help. And so I want to start this off, though, by reading. I want to just acknowledge a few things before I get to the main passage of Scripture that I want to cover. Uh, just, But I, I want to show a few things in the Bible I think are really important. But you know we have we've all faced a situation where we just didn't know if we should help somebody because we didn't know you know we just don't always know if we're actually helping or we're enabling them to sin and I do believe it's a legitimate question though for you to ask I believe it's a legitimate concern every situation is different but what do we need to do so first thing look look at what Second uh, John chapter one verse ten says. It says, if there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house, neither bid him Godspeed. For he that biddeth him Godspeed is partaker of his evil deeds. Okay? Right here we see that if somebody is promoting false doctrine, okay, we use this verse for Jehovah's Witnesses all the time, and I think that's appropriate. You don't bid them Godspeed. In other words, you know, we don't really say Godspeed anymore. That's not a common phrase. But... Um, when we say things, you know, like goodbye or have a good day or whatever, we're blessing them, okay? And we're kind of encouraging them as they go on their way. And if somebody's doing something evil, the last thing we need to do is be encouraging that, is it? You know, I don't want to encourage, if a Jehovah's Witness comes to my house, I don't want to, I don't want them to leave my house with a good feeling, okay? I don't want them, you know, sometimes we'll go knock on people's doors. And they'll just be like, man, I, I just think this is wonderful what you're doing. And they'll say all these good things and talk about how great we are. And it's like, well, you know, if this is so good, if this is so wonderful, you know, how come you don't do it? You know, if this is so good, if this is so wonderful, you know, why don't you even go to church? You know, if, you know and 
It's like, why are they doing that? But you know, and when you get that, it does kind of make you feel good, okay? But at the same time, I know these people aren't in agreement. So why are they doing this? And if somebody comes along and they're promoting false doctrine, if people believe that we're a false religion, if they believe what we're doing is bad, well, then they should give us grief, I guess you could say. And when people are doing wrong, we don't want to be encouraging that. We don't want to be blessing them. Okay. And sadly today, we have this you know don't judge thing shoved down our throat so much in the wrong way. It's like Pete Christians think I have to just go along with everything. And you know I'm not willing to do that. You know I, I mean you might think I'm mean, but you know I don't go to weddings where the people have been shacking up before they got married. I mean, if they've been shacking up, living like married people, and now they finally want to get married, you know, I don't want to go watch that bride come walking down the aisle in a white dress, which represents purity. I don't want to listen to them up on the stage making vows, saying they promise to remain faithful unto each other as long as they both shall live, when they weren't even faithful up to that day. I mean, they were living a fornicating relationship. I'm not going to go and give them a card congratulating them, giving them money, supporting that. I'll support them getting married and making themselves legal, but I'm not going to encourage that. If some young lady, she gets pregnant out of wedlock, okay? We don't, we've had family members where that's happened. We don't go to the baby showers and celebrate that. Oh, well, it's not the baby's fault. That's what everybody says. It's not the baby's fault. Well, guess what? Baby showers aren't for the baby, are they? They're for the mom. The baby does not remember. I don't remember anything that I got in my baby shower. I have no clue. I don't know who came. I have no idea. I've never seen pictures of it. I, I have no idea. Okay? And so, uh, it's not for the baby. It's for the mom. And we don't celebrate those things because I don't want to encourage that again. People should not be doing that type of thing. And yet, we live in a society today where even Christians are constantly giving their blessings when people are doing wrong. And the Bible says when you do that, you're partaker of their evil deeds. You are encouraging them to sin. Therefore, I mean, when they sin again, it's kind of on you. You participated in it. You encouraged it. When I was growing up, you know, there were times in school where I got great entertainment from watching other kids do things they weren't supposed to do. And I do believe in the eyes of God, I am partially guilty because many times I encourage those things. You know, we'd always, you know, we'd always discuss, you know, I wonder what the teacher would do if somebody did this. You know, and a lot of times there were those who would step up and say, well, I'll find out. Okay, you do that, you know, and then I, I didn't do it. But, you know, I definitely participated. And, you know, I got a lot of stories I could tell about things I got in trouble for in school that I didn't deserve, but there's a lot more things. I didn't get in trouble for where I did deserve it. And so I think it all balanced out in the end. But we do, we enable people to sin when we give them our blessing. We make them feel good. And, you know, there was a time when people were ashamed to, you know, live together and to get pregnant out of wedlock and things like that. But there is no shame in that today because everyone's just shut their mouth to it. They give their blessing. And we have only encouraged the problem. Literally, we have encouraged the problem. And I'm not going to do that. We're not required to be polite and act like we're okay when somebody's doing something wicked. And I don't believe we're necessarily required to be obnoxious and rude either. Okay, 
But at the same time, I'm not, I'm not going to support it. I believe that we ought to use whatever pull we have to persuade people to do right. Okay, look at 1 Samuel chapter 3 and verse 12. 1 Samuel 3 and verse 12. And this is in reference to, um, we're not going to read all the background of this, but Eli was the high priest in Israel. Eli had two sons, Hophni and Phinehas. They were also priests, okay? And because Eli was a high priest and they were his sons and they were also priests, even though these were grown men, Eli did have some authority over these two. He still had some authority and they were wicked, the things that Hophni and Phinehas did. Eli wasn't so bad, but Hophni and Phinehas were wicked. Look what it says in verse 12. It says, "...in that day..." I will perform against Eli all things that I have spoken concerning his house. When I begin, I will also make an end. For I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knoweth, because his sons made themselves vile, and he restrained them not. And therefore I have sworn unto the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be purged with sacrifice nor offering forever. Eli, he didn't do anything to stop his sons. You say they were grown men. Yes, but... Eli was the high priest. He could have removed them from the priesthood. He could have at least, you know, done something. Even if they're grown men, a father usually has some influence over his son, and he's not even restraining them. He's not even trying to stop them from doing the wickedness that they have done. And I believe that we ought to use whatever we have to try to influence people to do the right thing. Okay, now obviously we can't make people do what we want them to do. Okay, right now I can make my kids do what I want them to do. But there's going to come a day where I can't make them anymore. But I believe I ought to use whatever influence I have to get them doing the right thing. When my kids turn 18, you know, my daughter turns 18, she could run off with some punk if she wants to. And I can't do anything about it. Legally. Okay, but I can, I'll tell you one thing. I'm going to use whatever I can. And I wish we lived back in the day. You know, back in the day, if a guy came along and ran off with your daughter, you'd go after him with a shotgun and take care of him and nobody's going to have a problem with it. And I wish we still lived in that day to day. And if we did, I'd, I'd definitely take advantage of that. But we don't. But you know, we still got to use whatever we can. I'm not, I'm not going to encourage them when they're doing wrong. Use whatever you have. Use whatever authority you have. I mean, take advantage of any influence you possess. I mean, you know, sometimes you know, it's not always wrong to guilt trip people. If people are doing things that are wrong and you want to put them on a guilt trip, go ahead and do it. You're trying to stop them from doing wickedness. You're trying to stop them from doing things that will hurt them. Nothing wrong with that. You know, moms, there's nothing wrong with you maybe crying, you know, to get your kids to do the right thing. If that if that will work, use whatever you can. Silence can often be interpreted as approval. Okay, look at what Romans or not Romans, Numbers. Turn to Numbers chapter thirty. I want to show you something here. Numbers chapter thirty, and this is, I believe, where most people are at. Most you know, Christian people, religious people, you know, and even worldly people. Many times, there's a still a certain morality we have in our culture, but everybody's just become silent when it comes to moral things. If it comes, you know, with their kids. You know, fornicating things like that. They've just they've fallen for this idea that oh, kids will be kids. You got to let them do what they want to do, and mind your own business, mom and dad. And that's just absolute foolishness. But look what Romans or Numbers chapter thirty verse two says. 
It says, If a man vow a vow unto the Lord or swear an oath to bind his soul with a bond, he shall not break his word, he shall do according to all that proceedeth out of his mouth. If a woman also vow a vow unto the Lord and bind herself by a bond, being in her father's house in her youth, and her father hear her vow, and her bond wherewith she had bound her soul, and her father shall hold his peace at her, then all her vows shall stand, and every bond wherewith she has bound her soul shall stand. But if her father disallow her in the day that he heareth, not any of her vows or of her bonds wherewith she hath bound her soul shall stand, and the Lord shall forgive her because her father had disallowed her. And then it goes on in the same thing if she's married. Okay? If, you know, if my wife, you know, it comes to you and she, you're talking to my wife and she says, hey, I will do this and this and this for you. And I'm standing there and I'm silent, then I have basically given my approval for what she's done. Now, biblically, I could say, no, that's not going to work. No, we've got this going on. Uh, you're not going to be able to do it that day. And she's not done anything wrong. Okay, As her authority, I'm able to do that. Same thing with my daughters. If you ask my daughter to babysit for you or something, and she says, yeah, I'll babysit for you, but then I hear it and I'll say, no, she can't. She didn't lie to you. She didn't go back on her word. Okay, A higher authority you know, trumped what she had just said. However, if I hold my peace, just my silence, and I'm there and it's clear I heard it, I have given my approval without saying a word. And you know what? People will interpret our silence sometimes as approval. People do. They like to test you sometimes. They'll go and they'll do things that are wrong just to see what you'll do. You know, sometimes I've seen people do that before where they'll come to church dressed in a way that is completely inappropriate. You know, usually a woman, you know, just showing way too much, and it's like they're daring the church to say anything to her. You know, they're just they're just daring them, you know, you say something, you know, and I'll go tell everybody you're judgmental. And, you know, they just and a lot of times too they know nobody's going to say anything. Everybody's going to be too scared to say anything. And you know, usually when people do that, the Holy Spirit says enough and you know, they end up getting convicted and feeling bad. But they but silence so it does, it often gets inter it will often get interpreted as approval. And when you not only are you silent when somebody's doing something wrong, okay, but when you go like so when you go to the wedding, when you go to the baby showers, when you go to all these things celebrating what they've done, you are you are giving your approval to wickedness and you have just Help that person. You have just enabled them to go and do wrong again. And we should not do that. So, these things are true. You know, We do not want to encourage people to do wrong. We want to discourage people from doing wrong. Okay, But, now, but what about when it comes to that person, though, that's asking for help? Okay? Because usually when somebody's asking for help, they're usually at a low point in their life. You know, they're usually struggling. A lot of, many times they'll tell you at that time, you know, they know they've done wrong and they're sorry. So in every situation is different. So how do we, you know, in each situation judge when we should help, when we shouldn't, when we're actually helping, when we're enabling somebody? And go to Matthew chapter seven. I believe this is where I believe this is what we ought to go off of in each situation. And this verse kind of sums it up. We're going to go back and look at some other verses 
to see what this is talking about. But it says, Therefore, all things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Now, what do we call that verse right there? Anybody? The golden rule, okay? The modern way of saying that, you know, the do unto others as you would have them do unto you. That's based off of Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. Whatsoever you would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them. When it comes to helping people, we should always have the attitude, what would I do if I was, what would I want if I was in their shoes? If that was me right there, if I was facing that situation, what would I want people to do for me? How would I want people to, you know, what would I expect? What would I want in that situation? A lot of times too, you know, we'll get all self-righteous. Well, if I, I, I would never get in that situation. Or if I was in that situation, I'd have the character to work and claw and fight my way out of that situation and you know fix the problem myself. I wouldn't even ask for help if I was in that situation. Well, are you sure about that? Are you sure? And notice how it says at the beginning of the verse, therefore. Okay? And what's the therefore therefore? You've got to look at what was said before, right? And so let's do that. And I believe we can see exactly how we should handle these situations whenever somebody is wanting help and we're just not sure what to do. How do we apply the golden rule when it comes to who we help? And so first you put yourself in their situation. So basically, you judge them the way you would want to be judged. Okay, Matthew 7.1 Judge not that ye be not judged. For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. Once again, everybody loves this verse. Don't judge me. Don't judge me. Don't judge me. That's not the the command here is not to ever judge people. It's a warning here that the way you judge people is the way you are going to be judged. Okay. If I judge you in a harsh manner, if I judge you, period. I am not breaking any commandments from Matthew chapter 7, verse 1. I am not hurting you in any way. Okay? Don't go to, don't come to me saying, don't judge me, don't judge me based on Matthew chapter 7, verse 1. Okay? If I judge you in a harsh way, that is only a sin or it only hurts me. Okay? You should judge people the way you want to be judged because whether you like it or not, you will be judged the way you judge other people. That's just the way it works. So, the question you need to ask yourself, when you are judged, do you want justice or do you want mercy? You ever thought about that? See, we all are fine with helping those who deserve it, but is that what we want in our life? I mean, I'm sure everybody in here has been in a place before where you needed help, you needed, you needed something, and you, you didn't deserve it. Maybe you needed forgiveness when you didn't deserve it. And don't we all like when we're given mercy? Isn't that what Jesus did for us? Wasn't He merciful? And didn't He say, be ye merciful even as your Father is merciful? So I do think it would be a good idea whenever you're judging the situation is just say, all right, how would I want to be judged? Because the way you judge them, okay, if somebody maybe they're having financial problems, Oh, well, they're having financial problems because, you know, they waste their money. Well, we all waste our money on things. Yeah, but they waste their money on bad things. They waste their money on beer. They're wasting their money on drugs, you know. Well, 
Maybe you waste your money on video games and DVDs. and I mean, we've all got things we waste money on. And you might think that's a fair judgment, but what happens when you have a financial difficulty in your life? God might do that with you. He might say, well, you know, you didn't help them because they waste their money on these things, but I've seen you waste your money on other things. So, I'm not going to help you either. Is that the way you want God judging you whenever you need help? Whenever you fall on hard times? I don't know about you, but I like mercy. I like when God gives me good that I don't deserve. So maybe I would be wise in doing the same thing with other people. And saying, you know what? I'm going to judge this situation the way I would want to be judged. If the shoe were on the other foot, this is what I, this is what I would want people to do for me. You know, you, cause the same measure that you use, or you need to use the same measure that you would want using yourself. With what measure ye meet, it will be measured to you again. That's what it, very clear there. And so what you need to do, okay, the same measure, what does that mean? Because okay, once again, every situations different. But this is where we've got to be careful, alright? Remember last week we talked about just balances, you know, just weight and just balance. Okay? And so let's kind of, let's try to measure things now. Alright, well, we've got a scale up here, alright? And we've got the situation, alright, you know, we've got, you know, Joe Blow out there that's, you know, come on hard times and we think it's because, you know, he spent too much of his money on drugs and alcohol and things, and therefore we don't think he deserves to be helped. But maybe we're struggling financially because you know we wasted our money on fun things, you know, things that aren't illegal, but things we don't need. You know, maybe we we went and ate at that fancy restaurant just because we thought we deserved it. You know, we went and got ourselves uh, maybe you ladies went and got yourself a facial and a pedicure and just decided to pamper yourself because you deserved it and you didn't need it at all. But now, you know, you've. Now you need help. Now you need money. You spent too much. Maybe you put it all on the credit card. So you know, let's me- you know measure things up, and you've got to factor in their situation. Okay. For example, do you think God holds somebody to the same standard that saved somebody that's lost? Shouldn't somebody who saved be doing better than somebody that's lost? Many times, the people that we're judging. And we don't want to help. We're, we're forgetting to factor in the fact that we're saved. They're not saved. We have the Holy Spirit. They don't have the Holy Spirit. Why would we expect the same thing from somebody who doesn't even have the Holy Spirit living inside them? So you've got to factor those things in if you want to have a just weight and a just balance there. With what measure ye meet, it will be measured to you again. We ought to have that attitude. Hey, they're lost. They don't know any better. You know, factor in things like you know how, or maybe they're new, a new Christian. Ask yourself, how long have they been saved? Man, this person's only been saved a couple of years. Or maybe you've been saved for 30 or 40 years. And you know, and I like to think that if you've been saved 30 or 40 years, you know, you're going to kind of have some things together. You're going to have your act together. I'd like to think you're going to be doing better than the person that's only been saved for two or three years. And so, you know, a lot of times people, they've been saved for years, and they will, they will look down on the new Christian. It's like they expect them in two years to get where it took them 30 years to get. That's not a, me- uh, a measure that you want to use. That's not a just measure. That's not a fair measure. And you can use that if you want, but if you start comparing you know, lost people 
who've never been taught the Scriptures to you who've been saved for years, who have the Holy Spirit, who have been taught the Scriptures, well then, whenever you're facing a hard time, God might start comparing you to Him. And do we want that? No, because we're all going to be in big trouble, aren't we? What happens when we get paired to Christ? We all fall short of the glory of God, don't we? We all need mercy. So you've got to think about these things. You know, uh, you know, not only are they saved, but you know, think about the things that you've been given in your life that they've not been given. A lot of times, you know, we'll, you know, maybe be down on some, you know, kids that are out there in the world because of their behavior. But you know, maybe they don't have a father in the home. Maybe they do have parents, but their parents are drunks. Their parents don't take care of them. Their parents don't teach them anything. They're not going to turn out the same way. Maybe as kids who have good parents that love them, who have a mom and a dad. You know, think about what have you been given in your life. You know, maybe you grew up in a home where you had a mom and a dad who loved you, who taught you right, who disciplined you, who taught you to have a good work ethic, where they weren't taught that. And when you start looking at the things you've been given in your life, a lot of times we'll find out that you know we're really, if you start weighing things out, we're not much better than anybody else, are we? In fact, if we were real honest, we would probably start coming to the conclusion, you know, we're probably worse than a lot of the people out there in the world, aren't we? Think about all we know, all we've been taught, all we've been given, and we still are only that much better than the world? I'm telling you right now, I think us especially ought to be very merciful in how we treat other people and how we deal with their situations. You know, what things are they facing that you've never faced before? You know, it's it's horrible some of the things that people are going through, some of the things that they face. I've never faced those things. I've never experienced that. You know, uh, you know, we're, so we all like to be down on the druggies and stuff. Uh, they waste all their money on this and that. But you know what? I've never been addicted to anything before. Well, you can claim you're better than them because you never got addicted to anything. No, not really. I imagine most of them, if they'd have grown up in my parents' home, they probably wouldn't have been addicted to anything either. Because, you know, I was terrified to try to ever drink or smoke or do drugs or anything like that in my home. There was no way I was going to do that. Living in my home, being taught the way I was taught, they didn't grow up in that situation. Maybe they grew up in a home where all that stuff went on. And so I don't, I don't know what it's like to fight addiction unless you count caffeine. And I failed big time on that one right there. So you know what? Maybe I ought to, with the measure that I measure their situation, the measure that I meet, I ought to give them some grace, cut them some slack, and just say, you know what? I've never faced that before. I have no idea what that would be like. I'm going to, I'm going to show mercy. I'm telling you right now, I believe when we do that, we are benefiting ourselves. Greatly, okay. So judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you should be judged. With what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you again. God sees the measures we're using. He's going to look at all those things. So you might not have thought that much about it, but you did. You judge the fact. All right, they're a druggie. They're just lazy. They're pathetic. They're wasteful. They're this. They're that. God sees that measure that you used, and when you're facing your situation, He's going to use those exact same measurements in a fair way. And I think many times we've shot ourselves in the foot, and that's exactly what happened to David when Nathan the prophet came to him and told him the story about the man who'd stolen a lamb from another man. 
And David's like, man, that guy, he's going to pay fourfold. And Nathan said, hey, you're the man. And God judged David with the very measure that he used to judge a man that he didn't know. God used that very same measurement. I'll bet David many times said, you know, why didn't I say twofold? <laughs> why, why didn't I say... <laughs> Ah, oh, we'll just let him get away with it. <laughs> I mean, I, I'll bet he wished that many times, but he didn't. And I'm telling you right now, I think many of the things that we've faced, it's been because we have God has used those same measures on us that we've used on other people, and it's gotten us in trouble. We wonder why we're not getting blessed. Well, maybe it's because God's doing exactly what He said He would do in Matthew chapter seven, and He's using your measurements. He's judging you the way you judge other people. So make sure you are. Factor those things in. And what you'll end up doing, you'll start counting your blessings. You'll start looking at the things that you've been given in your life and you're going to be like, man, you know what? I thank God that if it wasn't for the grace of God, I could be where they're at today. You know what? I think I might I might do something for them. And I'm not saying we just got to go and give everybody money. There's all kinds of different ways that you can help people. But you know, how would you want to be helped? Okay? I remember I was there was a time when I was we were facing something financially, and I remember this was when I was in my dad's church, and a guy came and he gave me a check to you know to, uh, I don't remember how much it was you know to be a help and a blessing, but not only did he give it, he also gave me a book, a book on finances, and it was. And you know, at the I'm I'm thankful he gave me the check and the book. If he'd have just given me the book, you know, here's your problem. See, right th- at that time, I was like, oh, I need money right now. <laughs> but the truth was, I did need the book. I did need to change the way I was handling my finances. And that book that he gave me, it ended up being very helpful. It ended up being way more valuable than the money that he gave me. But at the same time, that's how we are. A lot of times, we're not gonna, we're just going to give the book. Hey, maybe there's somebody out there starving, and you know maybe they're maybe they're a drug dealer on the street, whatever. Hey, you know what your problem is? You're just a low down, dirty, rotten sinner. I'm going to give you this Bible. It's worth more than anything else in this world. You know, there's some beggar on the street. They're hungry. Hey, the Word of God. It's worth more than anything else. This is the bread of life. Do you think that's going to help in that situation when they're hungry? When they're thinking, I just need food. But if you can give them food then maybe they will listen when you give them the real stuff. And you know what? If he would have just given me the book then and not the money, I don't know if I'd have ever read the book. I'd have been like, you know what? That guy needs to be more merciful. But he did. He, he was merciful and gave me what I needed at the same time. And I'm very thankful for that. And so, uh, you know, we do, we've, got to, we've got to watch how we're uh, handling these situations. It's going to come back on us. And so... Uh, don't try, you know, to fix their faults until you don't have any of your own. Okay, remember, whatsoever you would, therefore, whatsoever you would that men should do to you, do even so to them. Okay, it's talking about the things before. So we have the judge not, and look what else we have, verse three. Why be and why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, Let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye. Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote 
out of thy brother's eye. Okay, this is another passage we use all the time. You know, to talk about don't go picking on other people's problems when you got bigger problems of your own, and that's absolutely appropriate. But it's when Jesus said this, it's in the context of we want to treat other people the way that we would want to be treated. Okay, and when somebody's going through a hard time, okay, they did. They probably got there because of something wrong that they've done. But you know what? We are not supposed to be in the business of fixing everybody else's problems, taking the motes out of their eyes, we're supposed to be trying to get the beams out of our own eyes. And many times too, people they'll go on these, you know, missions, you know, these self righteous missions where they're, you know, I'm I'm gonna help fix these people's problems. You know, why don't you just take care of your own problems? First. Why don't you just, you know, get yourself your own act together? And the truth is you know, most of us, if we were just, if we would just spend our time trying to fix our own problems, we're going to find out that's a full-time job. And after you fix all your problems, you know, then maybe you can take the moat out of other people's eyes. But I don't believe that God said, you know, get the beams and everything out of your own eyes so you can pull the moats out of other people's eyes. I think He was telling us this to just basically say, you know what? Take care of your own problems. Don't go trying to fix everybody else's problems. And we need to make sure that we do that. Whenever there's somebody that needs that help, they're facing a situation, don't go pulling the moats out of their eyes, okay? That's not what we're here to do. You just you take care of yourself. Okay? You judge your situation. Don't go finding out everything that they're trying to figure out everything they're doing wrong. Don't do like Job's friends did and sit around with them for days figuring out, all right, we got to figure out what all your problems are. We got to figure out why God's judging you. We got to figure out why all these bad things have happened. You've obviously done something wrong, so let's go do some serious soul searching of your soul because you've got some problems. No, don't do that. You need to take care of your own problems. Don't try to fix their faults until you don't have any of your own. And then look, verse 6, it says, Give not that which is holy unto the dogs, neither cast ye your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet, and turn again and rend you. Okay? How, what does this have to do with what we're talking about? Well, you need to give people love and mercy, and you got to give them a chance to grow before you give them the secrets of life and success. Okay? Once again, if there's somebody that's out there, they're a beggar, they're hungry. Okay, yes, you and I know the answers to everything are in God's Word. But if you can't go to that person and give them the deep things of the Bible, okay, when they're start, what do you think they're going to do when you do that? If you've got somebody that maybe they're struggling with drugs and they're not even saved, okay, maybe they've spent all their money on drugs. And as a result of it, they don't have the money to pay their bills, and they're about to get you know their electricity shut off, and you know all these things. You know, if you go over to their house and it's like, all right, you know what? I need to give you preach you a little sermon on character and you know honesty. You know what they're going to do? They're going to turn again and rend you. You know, because if they're lost, you know spiritually, you could say they're still swine. They're just going to trample that under their feet. They're not going to pay attention to that. You can go and take them a Bible. It's not going to do any good. They're not even saved. Okay, they've got to get saved first before they're going to understand the deeper things. And there are there's maybe some of us, 
We understand some of the deeper things. We understand the truths of the Bible, but a person who is lost, they are not going to understand that. And many times, we think we're helping people by casting our pearls before swine. We're trying to give them these deep things of the Bible that a lost person cannot possibly understand. And they do. I mean, they're going to get mad at you if you try teaching them some of these things, the deep things of the Bible. That's not what we're here to do. You may have discovered some things through your, you know, your intellect. You might have found some great truths in the Bible concerning finances or what, or just character or whatever. And boy, everybody needs to learn these things. But you know what? There are some things that are in the Bible that a person cannot learn until they've been saved. And if you go trying to throw those things in people's face, they're gonna, they're just gonna get mad. It's not gonna help them. I don't know why this didn't help them. I, you know, these, these are, you know, the truths of God's Word. These are treasures. Yes, they are pearls, and you just tried casting them before swine. It's not going to do any good. They're gonna trample them under their feet. They're gonna turn again and rend you. You know, give not that which is holy unto the dogs. Okay? There are, there are some things in the Bible, that the world is not ready for. Okay? They need Jesus Christ first. There's some things, you know, your co-workers. You know, there, there's a lot of things. Many times I've been asked questions by co-workers and things and people that are lost that, you know what? I just, I, I'm not even going to try to answer those things. Because of the simple fact, I know they're not going to understand it. They're lost. Until they understand salvation, they're not going to understand these deeper things. Like I, you know, I've had many people before that I've talked to, and it's like the first thing they want to know when they find out you're religious and a Christian. You know, what do you think about homosexuals? Okay, now why do they ask that? Because they're wanting you to give the deep truths of the Bible in that situation, and then what are they going to do? They're going to, they're going to trample it under their feet. They're going to turn again and rend you, aren't they? Oh, you know, you terrible hater, you. I mean, you horrible person. They're not. You know, we're. We're not, I'm not going to give that which is holy unto dogs. And there are there are, there's been people that have asked me questions about things, and I was like, you know, I'll change the subject to something else. You know, hey, you need to understand this first. You know, you know, they you want to know what I think about homosexuals? Well, let me tell you a little something about sin first. You know, and then you start talking to them about sin and how sin came in the world, and you turn it to salvation. Until they get salvation, they're not going to understand these other things. And I'm only going to end up, you know, getting tore up by these people. And there's no, there's no way I'm going to help them in that situation. They're not, not until they get saved. And so, we've got to be careful whenever it comes to somebody. We might think they need those deeper things that we have, those, those jewels, those pearls, you could call them, that we have from the scriptures. But you know what? Sometimes the people that we need help, they are the dogs. They are the swine. You know, spiritually speaking, and we can't give them those things. But what we can give them, we can give them love. We can be a light to them. We can be merciful to them. So we can try to give them the gospel, and then maybe someday they will be ready. Uh, you know, they'll be ready for the pearls. So don't cast your pearls before swine. And then verse seven, uh, it says, "Ask and it shall be given you." 
Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Or what man is there of you whom if his son ask bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he give him a serpent? If ye then being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask Him? Okay, and we use this verse all the time for, you know, you know, asking you'll receive and all that. But once again, what this is talking about here is he's trying to show them that, hey, your Father knows what you need just like you know what other people need. You all know that if your son asks for a fish, you don't give him a serpent. If he asks for bread, you don't give him a stone. We all know, we're able to figure out what our children need, aren't we? Or don't we? We know how to do that. We know how to figure out what people need. We have enough sense to figure that out. And a lot of times whenever people are struggling and want help, we like to play dumb, I think. But the truth is, we know how to give good gifts. We know how to be a help. We know what can help people, what can be a blessing, what can make them happy. And if we can do that, you know, God's saying, hey, I can do that too. And you know, you ask, you'll receive, seek, find, knock, it should be open. And so, if we just think a little bit, we will be able to figure out how to help people. We will be able to figure out how to help them and not enable their sin. And the truth is, I think this is, you know, whenever I ask myself this question, you know, I don't want to be an enabler. I think a lot of times we're just looking for an excuse not to help. Can we be honest? Sometimes we just don't want to help. <laughs> and, and so, you know, we don't want to have to maybe cough up any money or do any work. And so we say, well, I don't want to be an enabler. But here, here's the thing. Once again, at the end, after it says that, you know, your Father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask Him. Therefore, all things whatsoever you would that men should do to you. And all things, whatever you would want people to do for you, you do the same thing to them. How we treat other people, it sets us up for how we will be treated by God. And if you don't like how you're being treated, maybe you should ask yourself how you've been treating others. Maybe you should ask yourself, you know, what measure have I been using? Because it is, it's really, it's a lot of times we don't we don't get real deep in how we factor everything in. You know, we just assume, well, no, I'm I'm better than these other people. But wait a minute, let's factor everything in. Let's look at their situation. Let's look at what you've been given. Let's see how you've been blessed. You know, we're not much better. Maybe you've been, you know, very sparing. And your help, and so God's been sparing with you. I think if we were really honest, we'd find out we're really not all that we think we are. We're not as generous many times as we think we are. And the Bible just makes it very clear here that in all things, you know, the way you want to be treated is the way you need to treat other people. So anytime you have that situation where somebody's wanting to help and you don't know if you know, you, if you're helping or enabling, you just need to ask yourself, if that was me, well, what would I want? I'm not telling you got to give people money every time they ask for money, but you know, there are we can figure out ways to help. We know. I, I think you all know that if if you know somebody's a druggie, the last thing you want to do is give them cash. I know that's what they ask for, but you know, giving you know giving them cash 
is not going to help them. Okay, but you know, we doesn't mean we can't go. If they're saying they're hungry, can't go buy them groceries. Doesn't mean. I mean, every situation is different. We could. We're smart. We know how to figure out good gifts. We for people that we love. We know how to do that. And you know what? Go ahead and be a little creative. And go ahead and be merciful. I think that would be to your benefit because with what measure you meet, it should be measured to you again. And so I hope you'll do that. So with that, let's all stand together.